Hey, everybody, who's glad to be at church today? If you're glad, come in. Can we just give God the best praise we can? Yeah, he's worthy of praise. So thankful that you're at church today, and especially for all those of you who are online today, wherever you're watching from. No, you couldn't make it today, but come on, get back as soon as you can, because there's nothing like being in the room. So let's put our hands together for everybody online as well. Let's welcome them to church. Yeah, we're going to jump into our series in just a moment. We're part three of a series we're calling By My Spirit, and we'll jump into that in just a moment. But uh, I want to first just tell you that we're launching, we're one week away from launching small groups next week, everybody. We kick off our fall semester of small groups next Sunday, and I'm going to tell you more about that next week. But guys, you just need to know that we believe life change happens in circles, not in rows. It happens in the context of community, not just on a Sunday morning service. Can I get a witness out there, right? And so I want to let you know that it, it launches next Sunday, but today you, you can go browse the small group directory because it is, it is live right now, so you can find some groups. You can start shopping groups, and just know this, that we're going to be adding more groups over the next a week. So from now until next Sunday, there'll, there'll be several more added. So just keep, keep a look on that. And I would encourage you to join two or three groups. All right. And then, and then, you know, join two or three, stick with one you like the most. Okay. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the, when you're dating two or three girls and you need to break it off with, <laughs> you, you, right. It's, but it's way different than that at the same time. Okay. Just, just trying to put that in like, modern-day terminology for us, all right? So, so just shop around, shop some groups, and, and find the one that's right for you. But also, you heard it in the news video, this is the last week of 21 days of prayer, everybody. And if you haven't made it yet to 21 days, don't, don't, the, the next best thing to 21 days of prayer is 14 days of prayer. But after 14 days of prayer, it's seven days of prayer, okay? Today's day 15, and so we'll be kicking off tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., uh, Monday through Friday, and then 9 a.m. on Saturdays. And of course, we always have a Saturday morning prayer at 9 a.m. That I'd love to see you be part of that as well. But we're in part three of this series we're calling By My Spirit. And we're really just studying about the Holy Spirit, what he comes to, to, to do in our lives, the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And uh, I want to take a look at our theme verse, which is Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. And it says that, uh, that he said to me, so the angel of the Lord talking to Zechariah, and he gives him a word for a guy named Zerubriel, Zerubriel all right? And, and, and Ozeb, he gives him this word for him. And, and the word is, hey, it's not by might and it's not by power. So it's not by your abilities, not by your strength, not, not by what you can do on your own. But it is, I want you to say the words in yellow with me. But by my spirit, says the Lord. It's the Lord who says that. It's by his spirit. And this word spirit in, in the, the Hebrew is ruach, in the, in the Greek it's pneuma, and they both mean virtually the same thing, and that is a breath of God or an unseen force that propels you to where God wants you to be. So if you were translating this, the best way to translate it is it's not by might, not by power, but by my, like, like literally, that would be the best way to say it, by my spirit. It's by this, the breath of God that takes you from place to place, all right? And so in week one of this series, we talked about spirit-filled prayer. Kind of kicked the series off with that idea because we were going into 21 days of prayer. Last week, we talked about being filled with the Spirit. And, and I would encourage you to go back and watch that. But what you would need to know about being filled with the Spirit is it's not just a one-time occurrence. Do you know why? 
because we leak. We're leaky vessels. We get filled up, and then we leak a little bit, and that's why you could be in a prayer service on Monday morning, and you feel like you could, you're floating on cloud nine, and then you walk out, and something have somebody, somebody cuts you off in traffic, and, and that old anger right, just comes right back in your life, and what do you need? God, fill me up again, right? Fill me up again. I, I leak. We leak. And so today, what I want to do is I want to share a message with you just to tr try to stir up faith inside of you to believe that there is more for you, to believe that there's a spiritual gift, to believe that there is something God has put in your life, that God has a purpose for your life. How many of you would agree with that, that God has a purpose for you, yeah? All right, so in order to accomplish that purpose, he puts gifts and passions, and he puts things inside of you. We call them spiritual gifts, but it's not just for you. The reason God puts spiritual gifts inside of you is also to make a difference in the people around you. Not just for you. It's to make a difference in the people around you. And, and I know that there are some misunderstandings about spiritual gifts. In a room this large, there, there are people from different church backgrounds, different traditions. And maybe you grew up in a church that was uh, what's called a cessationist church. And they believe that the gifts of the Spirit stopped. That, that things like miracles and signs and wonders and prophecies and all of that kind of stuff, it doesn't happen anymore. Like, it died when the apostles died. But I want you to know that you're in a church today that doesn't believe that. We believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that if he did it before, he can do it again. Amen? We, we believe that. In fact, Jesus himself said that. He said, hey, guys, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to go to the Father, and I've got to go away for a little bit, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And, and through him, you're going to do greater works than I did. That's what Jesus said. Can, can you guys believe that? He said we were going to do greater things than he did, but how? Through the Holy Spirit. So, so the same spirit that transformed lives in the Bible days is the same spirit that we need to transform lives today. Because it's not by might and it's not by power. It's by what? His spirit. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. So uh, Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians. If, if you're reading along in the one-year Bible plan. If you don't have a Bible plan, I would encourage you, use, do the one-year Bible. It's a great way to just read a little bit every day, and it, uh, over the course of a year, you will have read the entire Bible. And so this week in the one-year Bible, Paul says, it's about spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be uninformed. Or one way he would say, say it is, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. I don't want you to, to like not know about these spiritual gifts. And so what I want to do first today is I want to show you that there are three gifts that God wants to give every one of us here. Three gifts. Uh, I'm going to breeze through the first two and spend a lot of time on the, the last one, okay? But he wants every one of us to have every one of these gifts. And the first one is this, if you're taking notes. Number one, he wants you to have eternal life. It's the gift of eternal life. Now, I would want you to know that you're, you're going to live forever one way or the other. You're, gonna, you're either going to live forever in heaven, or you'll live forever in hell, or in the south, hail. <laughs> but you're going to live one way or the other. In fact, it's eternal life in heaven, it's eternal death in hell. And so we're going to live forever, there's going to be an eternity spent somewhere. 
And Paul says it this way in Romans 6, 23. He says, it's the wages of sin or the paycheck. What your sin deserves and what it earned was death. None of us deserved to go to heaven. None of us deserved to have eternal life with Jesus. But the gift of God, that's salvation. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. He says in Ephesians that it's by grace It's an unmerited favor. It's something. The word grace means you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It wasn't anything you did on your own, your own power, your own might. No, it's by grace that you've been saved. Through faith, not by your works. And and this is not from yourselves, he says. It's not because you tried hard enough. No, it is a what? Gift of God. It's something that he wants us, every one of us to have. And some of you here today. You haven't, you haven't cashed in on this gift yet. You haven't opened this gift. And you're still trying to carry your weight, the weight of your sin, the weight of your failures and your past. You're still trying to, you're living under guilt and condemnation. You're trying to do it in your own power and your, in your own might. But I want to tell you today, you can walk out of these doors today receiving the gift of eternal life and your eternity secured in Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you that opportunity at the end of the service today. I want you to, uh, if you haven't cashed in, if you haven't opened this gift, today is your day. Amen? It's your day. The second gift is is the one that a lot of people kind of have questions about. Tell, Tell me about this. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a gift. So salvation is, it stands on its own. You are saved by grace through faith. But then... What what happens is we're saved, we're going to heaven, but in order to live a better life on earth, in order to live a sanctified life on earth, we need the Holy Spirit's power to help us live the life he's called us to live. Amen? We need his power to help us say no to sin, his power to help us uh, run to him when when we're tempted. We need his power to help grow us in our faith. And so we need the Holy Spirit. He's a gift to us. And I'll show it to you in Acts. We've studied this scripture in this series. It says, do not leave Jerusalem. So Jesus tells his disciples, stay here. Not by might, not by power. It's not, you're, not, you're not trying to earn it, guys. Stay here in Jerusalem and wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. I imagine that when he was talking and telling his disciples to stay here, I imagine maybe he said, hey, guys, remember when we were walking from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane? Remember the night I was betrayed and I told you about the Holy Spirit and I, I told you about what was to come? I don't think he would have said, hey guys, remember John 14, 15, and 16? Remember that part? He's just having a conversation with them. Remember the Holy Spirit that I told you about? Well, John baptized with water, but in a few days, the gift of the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out on you. You're going to be baptized with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you can go back last week, watch last week's message, part two of this series. I talk about the Holy Spirit being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to do that. But if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, if you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you. There's one small group that I want every person at City Hope Church to be part of, and that is freedom. If you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, you want to get past some yesterdays. You want to take off the mask and find freedom in some areas of your life. You want to grow in your identity in Christ. 
in who you are in Christ, you, you want to be, you want to experience the, the power of God and the presence of God, it's freedom, everybody. And all, and all the freedom people said, Amen. yeah, you, I'm, I'm telling you, you, you've got to go through this. It's in his powerful small group that will help you in your walk with God. So some of you, some of you, that's your next step. Get in a group, get in a freedom group. But for some of you, your next step is actually to lead a group. It's to lead a group. And some of you, you've been praying. You've been asking God, God, would you give me a sign? Just give me a sign. If you want me to lead a group, give me a sign. Here's your sign. <laughs> I am your sign today. This is it. All five foot, seven or eight, whichever, how you want to measure it, right? I'm, I'm it. I'm your sign. And it's time for you. It's time for you to take that next step. You've been praying for a sign. Listen, tonight... We're having a small group leader team night right here at the Cedar Elm campus, 5 o'clock. We're going to feed you, take good care of you. If you're not sure whether you should lead a group, just show up and get your questions asked, answered. Like, just find out, okay, okay, well, that's what it means to lead a group. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to lead a group. I mean, uh, literally, if you can do four things, if you can encourage people, share a scripture, pray, and give some next steps, you qualify, right? You, you're a leader. You can do that. And I want to encourage you, take that Next step, all right? But the, the, the third thing I want to talk about today, the, the, the third gift that God gives us is one that 80% of the church knows nothing about. Statistically, studies show about 80% of the church have, has no idea about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Im imagine... The church of Jesus Christ has no idea what their purpose in life is. 80% don't know why God created them, don't know about the gifts and the calling that God's put in their hearts. They just live in their life the best that they can, but never discovering the power and the presence of God in their lives. And so every one of you have what I call a gift mix. So you don't just have a gift, you have multiple gifts. But none of you have all the gifts. No, no human on earth has all the gifts. If you had all of the gifts, you would be the Messiah. And then we would have a problem, like, is it Jesus or is it you? Like, because Jesus was the only Messiah, and he already, he already, he had all the gifts. And so, so you have a gift mix, but you don't have all of the gifts. But you are gifted and you are passionate in different things. In fact, Paul says it this way, that we have different gifts. You're not supposed to have the gift that everybody else has. You're, you have a gift according to the grace, or that word is charisma. It's where we get the word charis, charismatic. Oh, I don't, I don't want to be no charismatic now, Pastor Ben. Well, a charismatic isn't a person who runs the aisles. A, a charismatic is a person who knows why they're created. If I had an old microphone, I'd just drop it and walk away right there. <laughs> a, a charismatic person is not somebody who has this incredible experience in a church service. It's a person who knows why God created them, and they're living out their gifts and their purpose on this earth. That's, that's what it, charis, charis, charisma, a, a grace on me, an unmerited favor to do something God has called me to do. So the way I would explain it is like this. If Annalise and I together walked in, uh, for those of you who don't know, she's my wife, Annalise. 
If we walked in a room together, we walked into the sanctuary, and there was a, a, a person sitting in the, in the chair, hands in the lap, they're crying. Here's how that would play out between the two of us, because we're gifted differently. We walk in the room, she first notices the person who's crying, and I notice that the, the chairs aren't straight, there's lights that are out, there's coffee cups that are still in the floor, right? That's a gift. Those are gifts. She has a gift of mercy that I don't have. And she, she's drawn to things like that. It's part of her, her giftings and calling. And, I'm, and I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse that I notice everything that is out of order and not... I just have... I call it owner's eyes. I just have it. It's a gift. It's a gift that we have. Now, some of you... Uh, you, you think, well, that's, that's not me, Pastor Ben. That's, that's just not me. I don't really, I don't really have spir spiritual gifts. But a spiritual gift is a supernatural ability. If I could say every one of you are supernatural people, believe it or not, you're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. You have a spirit man inside of you, and that's a, that's a supernatural thing, everybody. So you've been given a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children. If you call Jesus Christ Lord and Savior, you have a gift. He's put it in you. And, and by the way, I believe he's put it in every person who's been created, but they don't discover it until they're born again, until, the, until the, they've accepted the, the eternal life gift and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he gives it to each of his children. Why? So that together we can advance his purpose. Not what we want. We're not trying to get our way with the spiritual gifts. We're advancing his purpose, what he's called us to do in this world. And I know some people would say, well, Brother Ben, you know, it's only special people who have gifts like that. God only gives that to special people. And we hire those special people in the church to lead us. That's what we do. And see, that's the way it was in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they had special people called priests, and those priests would go into the presence of God, and they would hear from God for the people, and they would come out, and they would tell all the people what God said. But God had a problem with that model. And in the New Testament, we see him create a different model, where the, the moment that Jesus breathed his last breath on the cross, the veil that kept ordinary people like you and me from the presence of God was torn from the top to the bottom. And now all of a sudden, all of us can have an experience with God. It's not just the special people anymore. Come on. All of us, all of us have this opportunity. And so it's not just special people that God pours his gifts out upon. No, on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, this is that which the prophet Joel prophesied. He said, he said that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Oh, I love that. So what he's saying is there's not going to be a separation from the members and the minister, from the ordained and the ordinary, from the called and the congregation. And there's no more separation. And it's not just for men. Oh, it's for your sons and your daughters. They're going to prophesy. And your young men will see visions. I don't even think it's talking about young men physically. 
I believe that's part of it, but I believe it's those new believers that just now got a relationship with Jesus. It's not talking about just the mature guys who've been around for decades. No, everybody, your old men will see visions and dream dreams, and even on your servants, both men and women. I'm going to pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. To prophesy just means they're going to preach the good news of Jesus. They're going to give encouragement to people. And when, when, when Peter said this, it was the day of Pentecost, and, and this day, revival broke out like never before. It was, it was a grassroots, as we say in the South, it was grassroots revival. It spread like a wildfire all across the world. But here we are, thousands of years later, and we still have this separation of ministers and members. We still think that it's, it's, it's our preacher's job to do that. We still have, we have clergy. Did you know the word clergy is not even in the Bible? It's not even a biblical word. The word clergy means the one who reads. And so that, it was invented because the, the clergy, you, you just come here, you listen to me, and I'll tell you what it says. No, you, you're a minister. You can find out for yourself. You can feed yourself too. Right? You, you can be a minister too. We, we developed this word laity. The laity of the church. Yes, I'm a lay member of the church. Do you know what that means? Just lay around and do nothing. Just don't do anything for the kingdom. Just sit there and do nothing. I'm a laity. I'm a lay member. Oh, yeah, you're sitting there. You ain't doing nothing. Jack squat. That's what you're doing. Lay, laying around, right? Here's what I'm trying to say. Oh, oh but Brother Ben, you're our, we just love you. You're our little preacher. And I know that's funny because we live in the South, and I know what preachers, I know the stereotype of preachers in the South. I know there's this expectation that you just go home and you study the Word of God and you, and you, you feed us on, every time the doors are open, Lord, we expect you, Brother Ben, you're going to bring that Word to us every time you can. And you just eat a lot of fried chicken, and you go visit the hospitals, and you, you take care of the shut-ins, and, and on Sundays, if you want to, you go to Golden Corral or Western Sizzler, whichever you want to do. I know. Well, I'm telling you, I ain't your preacher. I'm not just your little preacher who's, who, who does all the work of the ministry. No, Ephesians 4 says my role is to actually equip you to do the work of the ministry. I'm not even supposed to do the work of the ministry. I'm supposed to help you do the work of the ministry because you're ministers. I appreciate those a few hand claps there for the people who agree. The rest of you are kind of like, oh, I didn't sign up for this. I'm no minister, I'm no preacher, but we, we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta tear down that separation between the members and the minister. Come on, we're all preachers of the gospel. We're all ministers of Jesus Christ. And if you'll let me, I wanna teach you about spiritual gifts today, show you some things about spiritual gifts and that God never intended for you to ride the pine until you get to heaven, to just be a laity. I'm just a lay member. I'm just, I'm just going to hold this pew down until Jesus comes back. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. I just want to know, can we rejoice on earth too? We can, and when you find your purpose, you will rejoice. I'm telling you, you don't have to wait until you get to heaven to, to sing and shout the victory. You can sing and shout that right now on earth when you discover why God created you. I'm preaching today. I'm feeling good about this. It's time it's time for you to discover your gifts. So I'm just helping you see that I'm not your little preacher. You're the preachers. 
You're the ministers. You're the ones who are called, and I'm here to equip you. So I want to give you three truths about that today, three things to help you with these spiritual gifts. Number one is this, that every member is a minister to the world around us. Every member is a minister. And when I say member, I'm not talking about those who've joined the membership of City Hope Church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Paul writes and he says that you are all members of one body. And that's the body of Christ. And so every one of you are a minister. Whew, not me, Pastor Ben. I ain't no minister. You are. God's called you and he's purposed in you. And I want to tell you, I'm not the only minister here. I'm doing my part, but my part's not enough. My part's not enough. It's a a group of people. I want to, because of the growth track, because we have something we call the growth track, we now have hundreds of ministers that are part of City Hope Church. Hundreds of people who are using their gifts and the talents. And I want to tell you that there's nothing more fulfilling in your life than when you lay your head down at night and you you know that you made a difference in somebody. You know, my life mattered today. My life counts. Somebody is better because of me. Glory to God. And so I want, you to, I want you to think about this, that you can experience the same thing Jesus experienced. What's that? In Acts, it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So notice that the power comes with the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. Power comes with the Holy Spirit. And and Jesus went around doing good. So a byproduct of being filled with the Spirit is that you do good works. That you go out and make a difference. That he was healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Can I tell you today that the Holy Spirit is not some, he's not some uh, uh, cosmic force for your personal enjoyment. He's not goosebumps for you so that you can have this, this personal entertainment. No, he comes to give you power to do good works. To be clear, you're not saved by your good works, but you're saved to do good works. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do good works. I love what Paul says in Ephesians that we are God's handiwork. He created us in Christ to do good works. We're saved by faith, by grace, through faith, to do these good works which he prepared before you were born, in advance. And the way I like to think about this is that before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye, God had a purpose for you. He didn't just wait around until you were born and was like, oh man, we gotta give them something to do. Let's let's find something. He had the purpose and he said, I can't wait. They need to hurry up and get here. I have something I want them to do. He prepared it in advance for you. I love this. Paul says that a spiritual gift is given to each of you. Why? To help each other. To help people. And if you'll go read 1 Corinthians 12, I'm telling you, the whole chapter is on, is on the body of Christ. I'll share something a little bit more about that later, but, but that's the first thing you need to know is that you are a minister. I'm a minister. You're a minister. All right, the second thing is that you need to know that every member has gifts that are unique and important. Every member, God's put something inside of you that is it's different than everybody else's gift. So if I could say it this way, you're not supposed to 
have all the gifts that everybody else has. And there are some gifts that it looks like they get all of the attraction. They get, they get all of the accolades, right? And, oh, I wish I had that gift over there. I wish I could do that. But can I tell you that um, if we're talking about the body of Christ and if we're talking about bodies, how many of you know the stomach is pretty important? <laughs> Who would raise your hand and say, I want to be a stomach? Nobody wants to be the stomach. They, they, they want to be the hands. They want to be the feet. They want, they, want to be the, they want to be the muscles. And God says, no, like you can't live. The body can't live without somebody who's working behind the scenes and somebody who's doing, doing things that, that, that nobody else notices, that nobody else sees, but it's valuable. Every gift, every part of the body matters, guys. And so here's... Here's what you would need to know is that it's, it's unique and it's important. And the way I would say it is you are a 10 at something. You're a 10 at something. Every one of you have something that you're, that you're passionate about, that you're gifted at. And don't covet somebody else's gift. God's given you your very own. I, I love this. Peter says, God's given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So we see about 27 gifts in the Bible, uh, but I don't think that that's exhaustive. I don't think like that's, you're, that's, you're supposed to take that as, well, there's 27 gifts. That's all there is. Because I think, I think today there's, there's a lot of gifts that we, don't, we, we wouldn't see in the Bible because there are, the times are different, right? So I don't think it was meant to be exhaustive. I think Paul was probably writing and, and this and this, like, you know, helps and service and administration. There's a lot of gifts. What we're supposed to do is discover that gift and then manage it so that God's generosity can flow through us, so that we can make a difference, so that we can see lives changed. All right, so let me try to illustrate this for you. Um, you go to 1 Corinthians 12, and you're going to see how Paul talks about gifts and the body of Christ, that he likens the way gifts work to the way a body works. And he says that if the whole body was an eyeball, how would it hear anything? And if the whole body was an ear, how would it smell anything? And he says, no, we all have different parts to play. We have different roles, different purposes, different gifts. So I want to I illustrate this for you, that we're all, we're all at a dinner, okay? We're all at a dinner and it's, it's dessert time. And Susie is coming in with the, the desserts. She's coming into the dining room. She's got the desserts in her hand. And she, she, she spills all the desserts all over the floor. It's terrible, right? Because we're ready to eat dessert. But she just spilled them all. And so, um, so here's how that would play out in this setting. Here's how the gifts work. The person with the mercy gift says, oh, I am so sorry. Are you okay? The person with the preaching gift says, well, that's what happens when you're not careful. The person with the serving gift says, eh, don't worry, I'll clean it up. I'll take care of this. The person with the teaching gift says, well, the reason it fell is because your plate was a little lopsided and the cake fell over. And the person with the exhortation says, hey, listen, that's okay. It could have happened to any one of us. Don't worry about it. The giver says, hey, take my dessert. I'll give mine up. And the, and the administrator says, Jim, you get the mop. John, you clean it up. Mary, why don't you go fix another dessert for everybody? That's spiritual gifts. Have you ever seen something like that happen? Why does it happen? It's their gifts. It's what God put inside of them. 
And you may be thinking, well, how, how can I discover my gifts? How can I know what God has created me to do? And I, I would say, for us, the way that we help you discover your gifts is through what we call the growth track. The, the first Sunday of every month, we do what we call step one. That's two weeks from today. We do step one, where we help you. Uh, and step one will actually teach you the vision of the church. And if you're looking for a church to join, and you're trying to figure out if this is the one for you, I would encourage you to go to that, because we'll, we'll offer church membership there, and just go to it to see whether or not this should even be your home church. But if, if this is not the church for you, just know you need to be in a church somewhere. If you don't join this church, you need to join a church, okay? You need to find a body of believers that you can partner with, that you can link arms with, and you can grow with. And so, so step one's uh, it's, it's a um, vision. It's who we are as a church. It's church membership. Step two is the second Sunday of every month, and that's where we talk about spiritual gifts. Everything I'm preaching to you today, and I'm teaching you today, shows up in the growth track step two. We help you discover what God has put inside of you. We, we help you with, with uh, personality profiles and spiritual gifts. And then step three, we help you to figure out how can I best use this? How can I serve God with these gifts and with these talents? And I think at the end of the day, what we really want is, is my desire for you is that you would be able to say, God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. There's nobody who knows me, God, better than you do. And we want you to be able to say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your workmanship is marvelous. I am made wonderfully complex. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That's what we want you to be able to say, but for too many of you, you're disappointed in life. You don't know how marvelous you are. You don't know how well God has created you. You don't know the gifts that God's put in your heart. You don't know the things that he has stirred up inside of you, that he put in your life from the moment that you, before you were even born. And I want this for you. I want you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt, I know why I'm here. I want you to be able to say, I was made for this. And so you've got to find out what your this is. What's your this? What did God create you to do? Why did he why did he bring you on this earth? And there's a promise for every single one of you. There's a gift and there's a purpose for every single one of you. I want you to know why. Why was I made? I was made for this. Years ago, um, we, we uh, started a campus for our church in Alabama. We were on staff at a church in Alabama, and we launched a campus in Madison, Huntsville. And um, well, the first year we were, we were there, we did this big Easter outreach where we flew a helicopter over the soccer fields, and we, we dropped eggs all over, the, all over the field, and it was pandemonium, thousands of people out there. And we were all in our blue serve shirts that said, I was made for this. And uh, uh, at the end of the event, the, the mayor comes on the microphone and says, hey, everybody, if, um, if you're separated from your parents or maybe parents, you're separated from your kids, I want you to look for the people who are in the blue, I was made this way shirts. And I was like, that's not what it says. It does not say I was made this way. It doesn't, that doesn't sound the same as I was made for this. You know what I mean? I don't want you to say, I was made this, I, I was made, this, this is me. I want you to say, I was made for this. I don't want you to say, well, this is just who I am. Take it or leave it. No, I want you to say, this is why I was created. 
I was born for this. God created me for this. And so I dream of a church. I dream of a church where people are coming up to me after, after every service just saying, hey, Pastor Ben, I, I want you to know I gave my life to Jesus. I got in a small group and I started taking off the mask. You, you were talking about just finding freedom and settling my yesterdays. And so I've been doing that. I've gotten close with some people. and I'm no longer isolated in my mind or even in my life. I've got some friends now who know what's going on in my life. And I'm taking my next steps, going through the growth track, discovering what God has for me. I, my life is completely different. I, I dream of a church like that. In fact, um, if you have a story like that, we want to know. We want to know about that. You can actually send it to stories at cityhopefamily.com. Just let us know. We want to celebrate what God's doing in you. But that's the kind of church I dream of. And um, I don't know if you, you guys remember testimony services back in church years ago. Who, who all remembers testimony services? Okay, that's for those of us who maybe have been in church for a while. You would know about testimony services. They're pretty dangerous. And that's why we do video testimonies today, because you can edit those, all right? You can't edit what happens live, but you can edit a video. And uh, Pastor Derek, who's over our small groups and outreach, uh, he and my senior pastor from Alabama, they are cousins. And they grew up in the same church in Eufaula, Alabama. This is back in the day of testimony services, and uh, Aunt Essie needed to testify. So Aunt Essie stood up. And she, she said, I just want to praise the Lord that I hadn't had a pinch of snuff in over two weeks. <laughs> and her husband, who was sitting beside her, said, Woo, Aunt Essie is telling a story. <laughs> and that's why we do video, right? It was, uh, it was, but it was fun. It was great. I'm sure it was, it was awesome. Because we have that story because of that, right? We have that story. Well, um, I dream of having a testimony service. And it'll never happen because it's a dream, right? But I dream of having a testimony service where we start right over here. Hand the microphone and we just pass that microphone. And the first guy gets the microphone. He says, hey, everybody, my name's Randy. And, and I'm, a, I'm a minister because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Pastor Ben's not the only minister. And I have the gift of helps and mercy. And I love serving at our first Saturday serve. The first Saturday of every month, I'm out here getting that trailer ready. I'm out here, I'm, I'm helping cook. I'm raising up leaders over at Sputter Park. And we're giving out hundreds of free meals every single month. We're making a difference. And I know that God's using me in a powerful way. And he passes that microphone to Ashley. She says, hey, everybody, my name's Ashley. I have the gift of administration. I'm a minister because I'm a follower of Jesus. And I have the gift of administration. I love to organize things. I, I love spreadsheets and I love data. I, I, I love helping and serving. In fact, I'm on the kids' check-in team and we're constantly looking for ways that we can make it better and, and, and make it flow better and make it safe and secure and to welcome all of our kids with, with smiles and, and to let it be a safe environment for them. And she passes the mic over to Robert who says, Hey, guys, I'm Robert. I'm a minister just because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, Pastor Ben thinks he's the minister around here, but I serve on the production team, and if it wasn't for us, he, his message wouldn't go anywhere, right? 
Because we, we make sure everything's plugged up. We make sure the stream's going. We make sure the, the audio and the video and the lighting and all of that's taken care of every single week. And I have the gift of technology, and I love to serve. Every person who gets saved at City Hope is a touchdown on my scoreboard, too. I'm a minister. And he passes the mic over to, to Tim, who says, hey, everybody, I'm Tim. I've got the gift of evangelism. I can't help it. I, I can't keep quiet about what Jesus has done in my life and in my home. And everywhere I go, I take a stack of God loves you cards and I'm constantly giving those things out. And I'm not telling them how bad they are. I'm telling them how good God is. I'm a minister because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And Garrett says, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm Garrett. Starting a small group. I'm a minister because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm just trying to provide a place for some students to get together where they can find and follow Jesus Christ. And he passes the mic on to Kimberly who says, hey, everybody, I'm Kimberly. And I'm, I'm a minister because I, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I have the gift of encouragement. And my small group gets together and we go to the hospitals and we go to the, we go to the nursing homes and we visit those who don't have anybody to visit them anymore. We just love on our, com our community. She hands it off. Hey, everybody, I'm Robin. My husband and I, we're, we're empty nesters now. We're ministers because we're followers of Jesus Christ. God's given me the gift of prayer. I pray for my pastor, and I pray for you. Every Saturday, I'm here at Saturday morning prayer. And we pray over the pastor and, and this church service every Sunday morning, early in the morning. And we, we join up here to pray for you every week because God's given me the gift of prayer gift of prophecy she passes the mic over hey everybody I'm Gus and I have the gift of goofiness I love serving with, the, with our students especially those middle schoolers they're in this critical time in their lives I'm just trying to create an environment where they feel welcomed and they feel loved and they can take their next steps towards Jesus hey everybody I'm Steve and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ that makes me a minister I have the gift of craftsmanship I'm able to do things and build things and help with things around the church and I'm fulfilled in doing it because God created me to do it it's a gift that God's put inside of me and that's what I want for you church I, I, I would just say it's your turn it's your turn to find out your gift, to know why God created you. My name's Ben. And I'm a minister only by the grace of God. Only because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I have the gift of church planting, the gift of pastoring, the gift of leadership. And I'm just one of you. I want you to discover what God has called you to. I want you to be able to say, I was made for this. Amen. Yeah, you can praise God. And by the way, when you're doing what you're called to do, I can stand here with 100%. I, I mean this with all my heart, that I could stand here and say, I am living my dream. <laughs> I'm living what God's called me to do. The third thing, and there's a few more blanks after that that you're not going to get to today. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I cut it out this morning. So for those of you who might get anxiety over that, it's, it's okay. 
You, you were made for that. Fill those blanks out. But if you really want them, I'll, I'll email them to you, okay? The gifts God's given me reveals who I am. All right, I've got to hurry and wrap this up, but um, we're living in a culture and in a society where the world is telling us who we are. The world is telling us what to believe. The world is telling us it's dictating what we ought to think, what we ought to believe. We've never been in a more interconnected society and a more disconnected society at the same time. We have more friends over social media, but we're isolated in our minds. The gifts God's given us reveals who I am. This world and this culture does not define you, church. I need you to know that. Your, dif- your, your, your identity doesn't come from a pronoun. Your identity doesn't come from a sexuality. Your identity comes from Jesus Christ. That's where your identity comes from. But you'll never know. You'll never know the fullness of, of what God has for you until you go to the one who created you. And I'll say it this way, that you've got to let the one who designed you be the one who defines you. He's the one who defines you. He's the one who, who created you, and he knows the purpose that you have. Listen, some of you, you don't know who you are. You, you, you don't know who God's created you to be, and you've let the world define you, and you're trying to live by your own power and by your own might. But in the words of Zechariah the prophet, it's not by your might, and it's not by your power. It's by the Holy Spirit's power in our lives today. I'm going to close close with prayer so if you'd bow your heads with me today Father right now just pray for every one of us that we would um, that we would realize that we're ministers we're all ministers we all have a purpose we all have a destiny we all have a gift that you've put inside of us and Lord you want you want to use that gift you you want to move in our hearts and you want to pour out your spirit in us that we would walk with 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 purpose and walk with destiny and be defined by you God that we would that every gift that we have is important it's in, it's valuable it is it is unique we're a 10 at something God remind us of that today remind us of the of, of the worth in our lives that that you found us worthy enough to send your son Jesus to die for us so God let us not trample the blood of Jesus and take it lightly by thinking we don't have a purpose, we don't have a destiny, we don't have anything to live for. God, you died to give us a life worth living. We thank you for that. With your head still bowed, if you're here today and you have not yet opened the gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation, I wanna give you that opportunity today. This is your moment to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You, you, you can't receive the Holy Spirit. You can't receive the spiritual gifts that He has for you until you receive this gift of eternal life. And you've been carrying your, your, your guilt and shame. Condemnation has been weighing you down. You've been trying to get to heaven, trying to live right, trying to prove your way to be good enough. But I'm telling you, it's only by grace through faith that you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You surrender your way and take up His way. And if that's you today, with boldness and courage, on the count of three, I want you to boldly lift up your hand and let me pray for you today. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, one, two, three. Come on, slip up your hand all across this room today. God bless you. Thank you. One, two. Anybody else? Anybody say, that's me? Come on, keep it up where I can see you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. Three, four. Anybody else? Five, six, anyone else? Thank you, seven. 
I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. All right, let's say this prayer together today. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. All that I am. Mind, will, and emotions. Heart, soul, and strength. It's all yours. Will you forgive me? Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. I'm yours. I receive the gift of salvation. My eternity is in your hands. From this day forward, I'll live for you the best I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Let's give God praise for salvation.